Series 2, Episode 27 and 28 of the Ricky Gervais Show on XFM, the best ofs. So today, we are jumping straight to Episode 29. I'm David Ferrier. With Stephen Merchant. Zach, what's your Heat Magazine-style headline for this show? XFM investigates HR incident. (laughs) Staff member. Blasted for being away sick. One of your best act. Well done. <laughs> I kind of had a gist and I was like, oh, come to me in the moment. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you backed yourself. My brain let me down. And you shouldn't have. The point was that uh, a lot of things that Ricky does to Carl in this one is like, oh, under different framework, this could be a problem. <laughs> Hugely. But it's also a story arc. It's the first story arc on the show. This was, this was from a radio point of view. Probably the worst episode. It could be some of the worst radio I've ever heard. Really? From an entertainment point of view, it's highly entertaining. Mm. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, you know, they had so little to talk about that the first 40 minutes are talking about how they can't get Carl on the phone. (laughs) And then the last 10 minutes is Carl over multiple links or breaks just doing the, con- like, it's like, oh, we've got him on the phone now. Hey, go on. We can finally do all the things we wanted to do. That's how you. far they've descended, even though they, well, I wonder if they got the call that morning. I wonder how far in advance they had to prepare a carl show. Because it sounds oh, like true. he might have just called in sick. the day before. Yeah, they Claire. mentioned that he lined up Claire. So Claire Sturgis is in. She says she, that he sounded poorly when yeah, she spoke to him. I guess there's, um, did you chart, by the way, how many different <laughs> expressions for sick they, they use uh, poorly, ropey was a new one. I'd never heard ropey, ropey before. Yeah. I right, felt a bit ropey right, yesterday. Right, ropey. Um, but yeah, I guess there's two kind of graphs. It's like how technically good radio is. Sometimes you can be really poor technic- technical radio and not entertaining. That's a really bad show. <laughs> but sometimes you can be like poor technically, but entertaining. And that's uh-huh. what I put this episode as. I love Steve's story about um, his passport failure. That's the really, that's what they lead with and that's really the only thing they had. <laughs> but how cool, this is your first time listening, did you? Did your ears perk up when they said, oh, we, we went to America, which by the way means that the last two weeks were planned. Yes, true. At the we end of the, the last show, they were like, uh, I think we need two weeks uh, off. So that's that right, was a bit of a Ricky did a bit. little bit of uh, pantomime there. Yeah, um, They've gone to that. They went to LA to talk about doing the office for the US. Uh, they rarely there's there's rarely things that date the show. Do you know what I mean? Because we mentioned last week how they don't mention a lot about they, every now and then, but they don't mention a lot about what's going yeah. on in the world. The, the biggest protests ever yeah. in, yeah. but they don't mention what recorded it is human history. What, they know, mentioned it once. Have any commentary or whatever? This was like I was like. I felt like I was listening to like a uncovered time capsule or something, like a piece of history. I was like, whoa, yeah, that's crazy. Like the US office didn't exist and they were, <laughs> I think they're left out of that conversation a little bit, Ricky and Steve. Which conversation? Uh, this is the success of the American office because they're often pitted against each other, whereas they both came from Ricky and Steve. Do you get mm. what I mean? Mm. Like, obviously, the American one went on to be something different. But, you know, they're in these early conversations. If it wasn't for that, it never happens. Mm. It seems lost now. I remember around the time that The Office was on, all the talk was about how many international versions there were. Remember? Mm. It was I like there was a French one. an Indian one, I think. 
There was a French one where instead of putting it in jelly, yeah. it was in cheese. I was like, <laughs> surely not, yeah, that but it's true. like a uh, offensive. Le- leaning <laughs> into stereotypes. Um, yeah, there were all, there's like an Israeli version. There's all kinds of versions. I remember I used to read Ricky Gervais's blog. Did anyone else used to go to Ricky Gervais's blog? That's before he had Twitter. Yeah. He started a blog when he was making um, The Invention of Lying and I loved it. Well, wasn't Twitter originally kind of pitched as like micro-blogging? And, and Ricky got on for a bit and went, actually, Twitter's not for me. I've got a uh, blog. I get a million hits a month. That's fine. And he, But he would upload every day. He'd post photos because like that movie, um, The Invention of Lying, has just like cameos galore. Um, and he would post about it every single day. And he and occasionally it would be like, oh, they just uh, uh, announced a new version of The Office in blah, blah, blah. That ma- makes nine versions, um, which also has just reminded me, we did talk about it briefly, but- I just remember, aren't they making an Australian one now? Of The Office. I'm pretty... No. Are you? Why are you looking at me I'm, like that? Because I'm, sure, I'm sure we've talked about it. No, no, I haven't spoken to you about this at all. No, I'm pretty certain they are making an Australian version of The Office right now. No, they're not. It's the you, is this time. like a big lead up to, like, I, I don't know who I'm talking to anymore. You, you've, 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 like, is this a joke? Are you trying to... Reports are swirling that Australia will soon have its own version of the popular comedy series The Office. 20 years later, it's a perfect amount of time to wait. No, that um, can't be right. Um, the Office Australia, there's an IMDb page. It's believed the sitcom, which boasts UK and US versions, will get an all-Aussie makeover for Amazon Prime. Sources confirm that casting is currently underway for the project, which is expected to film in Sydney mid-year. Wow. Okay, here's what we got. Um, neither of us got the call up. <laughs> Obviously, he's already filming. They're filming uh, King Kong who, versus Godzilla 2 here at the moment. Who could have we played in the office? Uh, Do you see yourself as a Jim or a Tim? <laughs> well, who is it Kim in Australia? Who's, we've had Tim, Jim. There'll be a Sharon. Yeah. They might just take Sharon Stresler, he from Kath and Kim, and plant her in the office. Here's uh, the countries that have done it. Canada did their own version. Great. Uh, Chile, Czech Republic, Finland, France, Germany, India, Israel, Poland, Sweden, United Kingdom, and United States. <laughs> the United Kingdom did their own version. Yeah. That could be interesting to look up. At least just a clip of each one. It's, make, it's so interesting, though, isn't it, that... Um, it's such a broad, it, like obviously the original one was very specific, but the general concept is very broad. It's just like what goes on in an office and they kind of got to own that because they were so early to it. So now whenever one does a, a, a situation comedy in an office, it's like, okay, well, we've got to pay Ricky and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's evidence of the universality of oh. the idea, you know? Well, Everyone knows what yeah, it's well, like Yeah, well, all those work. countries, yeah, obviously – it's like, oh, everyone has an office. Everyone works. Isn't that kind of weird? That yeah. everyone works the exact same way? Like that you yeah. everyone's in cubicles and like everyone speaks different languages and have different cultures, but we're all sitting at tables in cubicles. Is there anything else like that that hasn't been tapped into yet mm. that we could do? The home. <laughs> well, I guess that's, that's why a- they do a lot of like um there's a lot of like um 
stuff about relationships and in-laws and things like that because maybe that's – I know culturally – There's a million family sitcoms, yeah. Um, but, like, they did a Russian version of Always Sunny. Have you ever seen any clips of that? No. Fascinating. Fascinating. Tell me more about it. Well, there's an episode where the big thing is, I believe I'm, – I'm, this I haven't thought about this in 10 years, but I believe one of them gets a gun. You know how all the episodes are like – Charlie gets a gun or something like yeah. that. And the the Russian one had to be changed because they couldn't understand what the issue was, like why everyone was like – would be, they're like, what, why? <laughs> like, I it, think that's what it was. I think it was a gun, um, but it was just like culturally – I forget what it was. But the, And then also when um, – have you seen Selling Raymond? I've only, I haven't seen it. I've only seen clips of it, which is uh, – Mike Rosenhall, Rosen, I'm, so, I'm, not, I'm not completely sure of his last name, but the executive producer of Everybody Loves Raymond, it's a documentary where he goes to Russia to do the pilot and the the difference between like your relationship with your mother-in-law, which is, is fascinating and it's him in the rooms, like them not understanding what's funny about certain things and they can't understand why you wouldn't just, you know, say stick up. I forget exactly what it was, but it's very, it's very funny to watch. the social contract is different. Yeah, and I've only and the family heard, dynamic. Is it Mike Rosenhall? I think so. He's actually got like a travel show on Netflix now himself. Great idea to film it. Yeah, something like it's, that. Like it's it's uh, it's very very interesting because uh, there's Santo Chilaro of the Working Dog Crew who make a lot of TV shows in Australia. Talked uh, has talked. I've listened heard him talk about. Going to, I think it was Italy to make a the Italian version of "Thank God You're Here." Yeah, and it's fascinating. Um, so this episode was broadcast on March eight, two thousand three. Just we'll close that tab. Yeah, it was called "It's Always Sunny in Moscow." Phil Rosenhall, sorry, not Phil, Phil Rosenthal. Okay, tabs closed. This episode was broadcast March eight, two thousand and three. So we've jumped forward a few weeks. The reign of tattoo, all the things she said at number one is. Over. Oh. The queens are dead. What's that? Long live Christina Aguilera. Beautiful. I am beautiful. The new number one as of March 8, 2003. There is a peculiar little um, connection to this show with this song. Uh, It was written by the front woman of Four Non Blondes. Really? Yeah, which is often referred to as one of the only records... They have in the XFM libraries, Four Non Blondes. There you go. Cut. Movies oh. released the day before this uh, show, Autofocus and Made in Manhattan. Ray Fiennes, some of his finest work. In which one of those movies? <laughs> in Made in Manhattan. He went, I've played, um, I've played a Nazi uh, leader of a concentration camp in Schindler's List. I've played um, a, a serial killer psychopath in one of the Hannibal movies. Time for a Jennifer Lopez rom-com. Sign me up and then I'll go play Voldemort. He's, um, back in his natural habitat, playing a creepy villain. When he's in, um, he's the lead in Grand Budapest Hotel, the Wes Anderson movie. I think it's one of the best comedic performances ever. Mm. I think, I'm like, how has he not done more of this? This is so funny. He's very, very good in that movie. Also, hooked up with a... Uh, Qantas air host. What? You know this story? No. And she like... Like Mile High Club stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What? 
I, it's one of the, it, it's like what, attached what, how, to his narrative for me. It's like Schindler's List, Voldemort, Grand Budapest, rooting in the, in the sky. Uh, and was this revealed by the hostess? Yeah, I think she was fired. I think she like sold her story and then was fired about like my, my mile high romance oh, with an A-lister. Wow. Um, bit of business before we get to the air check. Congratulations to, what was his name? Uh, Simon H, I believe. E. Simon E. <laughs> Simon E, congratulations. The winner of the competition uh, scored a copy of the Carl's Child Carl's Childhood print. Uh, I believe, Zach, I haven't double-checked, but I believe we're, we are now looking for a new content director. If anyone would like to essentially purchase a copy of the print, uh, sign up to be our content director. It's only open to one person at a time. Robert Jailbird Banks has stepped down. So we're looking for someone new. His reign of terror is over. That's right. All right, let's get to the air check. Series 2, episode 29. Claire Sturgis is back. She's in for Carl. Uh, Ricky never believes when people are sick. That's uh, one of the things from this show that hasn't aged particularly Uh, well. Well, that's only changed in the last couple of years. But, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. You wouldn't be mucking around with that today. Yeah. Do you reckon that will come back, though? What, come on, push through? Yeah, come on. You, You just... You're just coughing a bit. No, I don't no, think so. We're, we're in a new era. Particularly if you can just go, well, I'll work from home today. Yeah, true. Yeah. <sighs> do you, well, do you relate to crazy that? place, you, isn't it? Mud world, don't it? Did you feel like, um, I remember once in radio, I was like, this is in community radio. I was real sick. Like, and I was just paneling a show, you know, just pushing the buttons. And I called the guy who I was like, who was like my age, by the way, I'm like 19, the guy who was my point of contact. And I was like, I don't know if I can come in. And he's like, well, mate, you know, this is how it goes. You got to do He What he said was he was paneling for B105 at the time, which was a big commercial station. And paneling at 18 or 19, once you're older, you're like, oh, that's not a job. <laughs> you're like, that's, that's entry level. But at, yeah. at the time, you're like, I am the most important person in this building. They've given the keys to the building to an 18-year-old. Obviously, that makes sense. Mm. Um, anyway, he was like, I've been paneling at B105 and I'll be throwing up between songs <laughs> into a bucket. Oh, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. And I went in and I was like, I could barely lift my head. I was like, I had a flu. And I st- it was like a pilot show. And uh, they never asked me back. And I'm pretty sure it was because I could, I was like. It's because you killed two of them, <laughs> didn't you? From spreading your infection. And I'm thinking back on it now and I'm like, that was so funny that it was put on me that like, it was so important. It was community radio. <laughs> Come on, mate. There's no days off in radio. Uh, but yeah, has it ever been put on you? It was kind of a thing that you don't miss shows. No, I... I put it on myself. I do. Ha- I tend to be more like Ricky of like, well, look, unless I'm really dead, then I just have a terrible guilt complex. Yeah, about- but now you can reverse it. So you, what guilt is working out? Because now you feel it, guilty if you go in. Totally. That is definitely a turnaround, which is like, well, I don't want to make all of you sick, so I'd better stay home. It is bad. It is like there's no winners because I've had to pull out of like shoots before the day before uh, for certain things. And um, I'm like, I don't know what to do because I have a sore throat. And this was in the midst of the pandemic. And I'm like, 
I know everyone's going to be angry at me for not being there. But at the same time, isn't everyone going to be angry at me for being sick there and coughing? Like if I cough, I'm going to get daggers and like, yeah, no witness. It, it's created this atmosphere for me where I, where I'm afraid, just even in my relationship, to say like, hey, I'm not feeling 100% right now because then Brooke will go, well, what if you make me sick, then I'm, it's going to cause all sorts of shit. I'm like it's creating an atmosphere where I don't want to tell you, mm-hmm. even though I should, because you'll be like, there's the risk of being demonized for being for spreading illness. Um, but then at the same time, yeah. On the other hand, it's like the thing of like, well, if you if you ruin other people's day by doing the right thing. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's man. hard. It's hard. It's a, it's a hard line to walk, especially for overthinkers. Yeah, which we're not. No, of course no. not. Straight down the line. Um, they've all watched the documentary about Oliver, the human Z, on this episode. It's such a shame that Carl wasn't there to revel in it. But it's okay because they can just recall what Carl's opinions would be, <laughs> and that's what <laughs> half the show is. <laughs> They're knocking what around Carl? what Carl had said to them earlier. <laughs> So Oliver the Human Z, he lived from 1957 to 2012. What? He was 55 when he uh, finally what? I wonder joined how that, climbed the big tree in the sky. <laughs> I wonder how that uh, goes with, like, what's the life expectancy of a chimpanzee or a humanzee? Life expectancy of a chimp. And then cross-reference it with, whoa, how old? 33. Oh, they might be longer in captivity. Some animals go longer in captivity. Most seem to be less. Oh, hang on. That was the one, you know, Google just shows you yeah, an yeah, answer. That's at the not top super now. accurate. So another one from CNN. Can chimpanzee can chim, can chimpanzee live for fifty years? The lifespan for chimpanzees is forty to fifty years in the wild, and for those in captivity, fifty to sixty. Okay. Pretty standard. Well done. Between twelve sixty years, that's a long time for a monkey to be alive. Oliver could have, in theory, seen the movie Twenty Twelve. I would have been around for the Planet of the Eight remakes. Oh would my. have loved that. Probably uh, consulted on it about <laughs> what it's like to be a half human, half ape. If you like it, <laughs> if you don't like it, throw feces at. It. <laughs> um, would have seen the Avengers. Would have seen the culmination of what year was uh, Oliver born? 1957. Oh, okay, sorry. There for Beatlemania. Yeah. There for um, Live Aid. <laughs> Probably didn't know the elephant that died in the World War II bombing. Just, miss, is, just missed that, sadly. He would have seen the first... Yeah, he would have seen the first Planet of the Apes and all the sequels. Would have been around for monkeys going in space. Been like, well, why well, didn't well, I get the call the early 50s. I'm a human Z. When was that? Uh, when did monkeys go to space? When did first? I know what the first uh, being animal creature a, a that dog? went to, dog called Laika. You know how I know that from the XFM show. Uh, when did first monkey go to space? Early on, they weren't even trying. 1948. So missed oh, okay. that. Uh, but would have been raised with that knowledge, mm. which I think would have been a proud moment. Mm. What to aspire to. Like how people, you could be prime minister or president one day. You could go to space. You could go to space. Uh, Break two, Ricky chastises Claire for plugging Coldplay appearing on a different show. 
Also interrupting thing. him. Yeah, interrupting. Which kind of feels like a joke and also kind of feels like it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like 80% joking, 20% real. It's like later when they're trying to get Carl's message and, uh, and Ricky keeps setting it up. You can tell that to I, me. I, to it, be fair, that did seem like a fairly basic thing that <laughs> Claire was unable to do on the desk. I was like, doesn't she take calls on her show? Yeah. Maybe it was like a difference between being live and being pre-recorded yeah. or something. Or yeah. maybe like sometimes the desks for different shows, they reset and they have different yeah. kind of uh, wiring. Well, not wiring, but, you know, routing or I don't even know how to say it, but they work differently for different shows. Did you find it weird that Carl has a home phone number? Yes, my we're talking about we're talking about this. this this morning. Do you, do you have a home phone? Don't have a home phone, but I was thinking, isn't I'm not someone who's afraid of. You know, there's a thing now of like anxiety around talking on the phone with like younger generations. Uh, yeah. They would rather text than talk. I, I don't have that. I'm happy talking on days. the phone. I'd rather TikTok than talk. But I do think it's wild that we used to pick up our phones without having any idea who it was. And you just, you're happy to, t- it's like, yeah, you get to talk to me if you call my number. <laughs> this, I, I don't get any say in it. This is a fun radio bit, a phoner, um, one triple, whatever. How did you answer your phone? Did you ever do that? I didn't, but do you want to know how I did it as a kid? Yeah, so so the bit goes, you call in and go, all right, we've got well, Zach. Is this like a classic bit, is it? I, I, well, I've maybe it's just. It. Oh, okay. Um, Zach uh, from Brisbane we're going to play a phone pickup, phone ring and pickup sound, and then you answer the phone how you answered it as a kid. All right, you ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Zachary Timothy Manda, how may I help you? Really? Yeah, and I often got the, and I'm like eight years old, and I often got like the response. Wow. What? What? It's got a round of applause on the other end. What a polite young man. Why I gave my whole name, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Middle name and everything. Uh, do it for me. Bring, 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 bring. Hello, Ferrier Household. David speaking. Oh, that's good. It's a little more casual, but still has an air of um, pomp. There was a thing at a time where people would say the last four digits of their phone number to like no. 2674 no. to make sure that they'd called the right place. See, what I've stopped doing now when I pick up my phone is saying, what? Is, is giving my name if it's unknown. Because um, That's impressive. I, just not won't, giving, I won't answer if it's unknown. But sometimes I do because I think they're chasing up something important. I just go, hello. Or you've won a competition. And they go, is that Zach? And I go, depends who's asking. This is the difference between if. <laughs> That's such a dick thing to say. <laughs> no, I don't say depends who's asking. I say, what's this regarding? Who wants to know? I say, what's this regarding? Because... The, the difference between you and I is probably how many bills people are chasing. <laughs> I think that's because you don't want to disclose that they've they've called the right number. <laughs> but if I am in that position, so so you're in deep with a loan shark, I, I'm assuming. By the way, depends who's asking. It's always it's the person. Of course. That's why you don't say it. That's why you say what's this regarding. That's what I was going to say is I go, is, is if someone answers a phone, a mobile phone that I've called, <laughs> and I say, hi, is this Zach? And they go, well, what's this regarding? It's clearly you and you are being cagey because you've got gambling debts. What is it? <laughs> No, it's just um, 
Occasionally. <laughs> it's not because I'm in trouble and I need to be bailed out. It's just sometimes I forget to pay some of those bills and sometimes they call you and ask oh, you to pay. Okay. But they um the but what it really is, what I'm trying to avoid is like like uh marketers they try to get you into a conversation before they tell you what it is because they want to build up a bit of a rapport. I want to cut straight to what the deal is. Do you get what I mean? So they go, how's your day today, sir? And I'm saying, okay, like, look, man, what are you trying to sell? Yeah. Like, can you, I, and then they get shitty, but I'm like, this isn't, you're not doing this out of the goodness of your heart. Like, this is your, like, do you know what I mean? When like charity door knockers come around and occasionally they probably are volunteers, but most of the time they're contractors. They're a third party. They're not connected to the charity. They're just getting paid. And then they put on like a guilt trip for you. I'm like, come on, man. Like you knocked on my door at my house You've interrupted my day and now you're going giving me a big guilt trip about something that I never even knew existed until 30 seconds ago. But you say what's this regarding get straight to the point because potentially you might consider it? No, no, I'm trying to oh. get to the end of it. Okay. In a polite way, I'm trying not to be a dick. I try to go like, oh, sorry, not today, not interested, thank you. Yeah. I'll always try to make eye contact and just cut them off. I'll go, I'm so sorry, not interested. Thank eye you. contact on the phone. Yep. <laughs> Or do you mean in Get me on FaceTime. Come up? Although this, that hasn't happened in a long time. I haven't had a knock at the door in a long yeah, well, time. Well, you're in an apartment. I had to call. I put in a complaint to one company because um, they were, they, my wife, it, it, she had said um, it was for a certain charity and she said, oh, I already, um, you know, give to that. I already mm-hmm. give to that cause or something. Yeah. And the guy goes, which one? Because we're the only ones. So, like, you know, started to like... <laughs> Like question her about it. She's like, I don't need to answer this. Get off my deck. Like, and he like went through gates. Like, you know, so it's like, you can't go through a, a, a closed gate. Uh-huh. And it's like walked onto our property. was like looking through the window. She said, I can't come out. I've got a child. And the guy was like, we'll do it through the window. And it's like, <laughs> mate, get lost. Which one? Basically saying, prove it. I just don't like, I feel very invaded if people come onto yeah. my into my house. Like, I, you know, I know, I know the, the layout window. as well. They they have to come upstairs and go through gates. Yeah, I'm like, no, that's not cool. Yeah. That's not cool. That's too far. You've crossed the threshold. Yeah. The baseball bat's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we up to? Carl, uh, yeah, the home phone number. I think Carl is compared to a chimp for the first time in this break because they're talking about Oliver the Human Z. Um, and someone suggested that they don't do a show if Carl isn't available. It's borderline that. No, not a bad idea. Because <laughs> they don't, yeah, I mean, Steve has the story about going to America. Besides that, there's a lot of Carl's not picking up. We'll try again yeah. later. <laughs> Come on, let's bully Carl into answering his phone. It is let's pretty give funny. The reason why it's entertaining is the idea of Ricky going, like, I know you're listening. Okay. And then later when he changes the voicemail, that's really funny. Yeah. That he doesn't pick up, but he'll change his voicemail to be a reference to what they're talking yeah. about. I, I thought that was very, very good. good move by Carl and very clever. Uh, so in break three, they talk about the Oliver, the human Z, uh, and Steve talks about the bit where he was on a Japanese TV show with the band The Monkees. So S- Steve quotes the, the section, and I actually have the bit here. Contributing to the debate were members of the 1960s pop group 
the monkeys. I'm very interested to find out uh, exactly what he is. Hey. We're here because we are also monkeys. Hey. Uh, of course, the one thing Oliver was never confused with being was a monkey. How's that burn? Not only is it a cringe, unfunny thing to say, he's in a studio audience and it, you can see he says, because uh, I'm also a monkey. No one laughs. Crickets. And then the voiceover comes in again and says, no one thought he was a monkey, dickhead. <laughs> Let's listen to it one more time. Contributing to the debate were members of the 1960s pop group the monkeys. I'm very interested to find out uh, exactly what he is. Hey. We're here because we are also monkeys. Hey. Uh, of course, the one thing Oliver was never confused with being was a monkey. You got a feel for the band there because I don't think that was their idea. To be there. Yeah. You know, when the publicist is like, all right, what have we got on today? We're, you're going to be in a studio with a chimpanzee. And like, oh, are you kidding me? All right, we're on tour in Japan. What do we do? Do we go see some sumo wrestling, some of the great sights of Tokyo or wherever we are? What are we doing today, Mr. Manager? Uh, well, we're going to be in a studio and you'll be playing with a chimpanzee. Why? Because uh, uh, we're called the monkeys, and it's kind of a monkey of or similar to a monkey. Right. Don't bring that up, though. It's a bit touchy. Oh, okay. Just call it a monkey. I mean, it's not unprecedented. Famously, the Beatles played on that termite mound that time. Do you remember? No. Yeah. Did they? When? The Beatles are one of those bands that's so ubiquitous, the Beatles, that it took me a long time to realize it was a pun. Yeah. Oasis played in the desert. Beatles termite. I just made that up, man. That's a joke. <laughs> well done. Uh, well done. Cold. Shambles. Uh, do you remember when Coldplay played in that air-conditioned theatre? <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, Oasis played it. Okay, that's cool. That would have looked cool. Maybe um, for a music video. That's a Rockbusters deep cut there. What's that? The Coldplay one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Dave. I've turned the Come air on, man. Sorry. You're the expert You're throwing on so show. much at me. Uh, we find out then that uh, Ricky and Steve have been to the US to uh, talk about doing the office for the United States. And here we are, nine seasons later, legendary show, million Emmys, all started back here in 2003. And isn't it funny that they're also talking over the just details? It's like, it won't be us. So it's going to be American actors doing yeah, it. Yeah. I wonder if it ever was discussed. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume it was briefly discussed that Ricky would, even just Ricky, like is it an American office where they get a UK boss maybe? Yeah, David Brent has immigrated. I don't think so because Ricky's been pretty adamant from the start that he was like, no, it has to be. So they seem to understand that it is, the success is relevant to the market. You know, like it has to be you guys, because I remember him saying like, oh, we, you guys have to come up with stuff that Americans will mm. find interesting. Mm. It has to have the veneer of realism. Whereas if it was like, oh, we've got this wacky UK boss, that would add like a gimmick. I wonder if too, like, it seems like the UK one seems like dark, you know, like the office is kind of like crowded and small and everyone seems pretty depressed or like at least um, flat. And then the American one is in this industrial park, you know, in, in kind of like this uh, fairly unattractive regional part of America. No offense to anyone from Scranton, mm. but that's the impression I get. What's the, what do you think would be if they did the Australian one? What, is, what, 
I, I just think our offices are like influenced so heavily by, you know, the UK and America. Do we have our own identity in that area? I know Australians as people, maybe we do, but I don't know. Uh, it'd be like an industrial park in some miserable part of Melbourne. Yeah, but why Melbourne. is that any different to the American one then or the UK one? It's not. I, I, I don't necessarily think it's a great idea to do an Australian version. We've also had our own workplace. Isn't Utopia basically a workplace comedy? Yes, and the show, uh, oh God, by the same people. Um, uh, the Librarians? <sighs> No, it was in the nineties. It's about like a, a a current affairs style show. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Frontline. 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 Highly recommend tracking it down. It is very dated in terms of, terms of its look, but the comedy. I watched it years after The Office, and I was like, this has office ness about it before The Actually, Office came out. The other kind of Australians who've made a lot of TV, you can count them on one hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got. The Chaser, Sean McAuliffe. They're all men. Well, these guys are husband and wife. Oh, my goodness. Wayne. Oh, the librarian people. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's their last Very one? small business. Very That's small what I'm business. thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. Very small business. Yeah. So it's been done. Move on. How good does Virgin Upper Class sound? Um, yeah, man, First Class Anywhere sounds amazing. But not just the experience on the plane. Someone picks you up. Yeah. I've seen this in uh, LAX. There's like another. I've seen Tony Hawk. If you follow Tony Hawk on Instagram, he's like oh, he in goes this, the private entry. thing. Yeah, there's like this. It's like this little hut on the side of the the. Um, it's like a little demountable on the side of the runway, basically, and you get your own room. It's like an Airbnb, <laughs> and like a limo takes you out to the plane. Can you imagine being in the plane? This probably happens in LA all the time. You're like on the tarmac. You're like, what's holding us up? You see this limo pull up. Tony Hawk gets out on a skateboard. <laughs> Bloody Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk, come on, man. Have you ever flown first class anywhere? No. I've flown business class domestically. Yeah, same. And it's great. It was awesome. Uh, like, the, the how much I hate flying so much, but the amount that flying first class internationally would totally turn that 180 oh. degrees and it would be the best experience ever. Like, if I could lie down... And get fed food that doesn't make me sick. <laughs> that would be a dream. <laughs> it makes flying, it takes it from something you need to tolerate yeah. to something that is genuinely enjoyable. For some reason. It's such a big difference and that's why it's not twice as expensive. It's like seven oh, times is, as expensive. And then when you go up to those high end and you can get down this oh, rabbit hole can, on YouTube, have you seen like, oh, yeah. where you have like your I've own apartment? I've watched Casey Neistat in the Eddie Had first class penthouse where they, where you can take a shower, yeah, and order caviar on demand, and they make your bed for you. I've been down that rabbit hole. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because we're both tall. I feel like it's maybe, it certainly is something that is alluring to me. The idea of flying comfortably. Uh, being tall doesn't help, but I don't think it's comfortable for anyone. Like you'd have to be the size of like a small child mm. for it to feel luxurious. To <laughs> like every time I get in a plane. It did when I was it, nine years old. In, in the economy section, I'm like, have they made this smaller? Yes. Every time I think they, they're just, it's, it's like an office prank <laughs> where they're like inching the seat centimetres closer to you each time just to see the point where you crack it. And the point <laughs> that someone gets up and starts yelling and you see those scenes in the news 
of someone who's had this huge meltdown on a plane. They're like, okay, let's take it out just one centimeter. <laughs> That's the line. That's as far as we can push it. I swear they are taking the measuring tape after every flight. It's worse than like the bus. It's worse than the train. There's oh, yeah. There's no other form of transport that gets your knees so close to you. And then there's no other form of transport that makes you sit there for nine hours. Mm. Yeah. You can't even lie down in the center aisle. <laughs> I've tried. Uh, so, um, yeah, so you get picked up if you're in Virgin Upper Class. You get a massage during the flight. And on board, there is also... I swear to God, lovely free plums. <laughs> Not on board, in the in the lounge beforehand. Um, we then get into this, the story of how the day went poorly for Steve. He got there and his passport was expired. I think Steve is a really, really good producer of this show. He's also a really good storyteller. In this instance, because um, the way he sums up his day. I ended up, I spent, I began the day in a chauffeur-driven car on my way to Los Angeles to discuss business with uh, Universal Television Pictures. And I spent, I ended the day on the tube, in a suit, with my luggage, stood next to one of the posters advertising this radio show. <laughs> which was just embarrassing, because people kept pointing and staring and laughing. Yeah, hit the Curb Your Enthusiasm music. Yeah, we slowly <laughs> zoom in on his face. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad that it went that way because the first half of the story, I was like, "Are they just telling this to brag?" <laughs> like, I'm like, what, "What's the point of this?" But even if they are, there's funny details in it in that their different attitudes towards it. Mm. Steve obviously has no experience, so he wore a suit. Yeah, thinking he needed to look like a player. Whereas Ricky was like, "Well, I'm already in first class." So wearing a suit I'm, is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It like it feels very. We're watching Hello Ladies at the time. Yes. That story feels very Hello oh, Ladies. Hundred percent. Also, um, so he couldn't go in Australia if your um passport is expired. That like that takes six weeks or something. You can pay to have it rushed. Oh, it's what, then really then? expensive. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. You have to go like like he did. He was taken back into central London to go oh, to the passport office. I thought he was doing that in the airport. No, you yeah, like, because people lose their passports all the time overseas. So then you go to a consulate and pay an exorbitant amount of money to have it like rushed through. Oh, so he had to catch the tube back to central London. No, he the he says the story the the, the chauffeur driven car drove him back oh. to there to drop him off, and then I assume he got on a plane the next day. He seems very upset. Like, um, or the, you know, a couple of days later. Who tells you about this? How well, yeah, find it, out? It, this part I thought was very sweet as well. I didn't know passports expired. Yeah. I went, what do you mean? I went, he went, well, your driving license doesn't. I went, what are you talking about? He said, how old do you have to be to know that? He said, <laughs> he said, when will I know all these things? Yeah. <laughs> do you ever feel that way? Um, not specifically about passports, but just... I feel the opposite, right? So, my wife and I, where were we? Oh, we were in like a... There's a university campus in Brisbane that's like half, it's like it's spread out in a suburb basically. So like you're kind of, we went to a shop that was like kind of on the campus. So there's all these university kids walking past and we're like, oh my goodness, they're young. And then we started to talk about like, I didn't have a burrito until I was in university. And I was like, hang on. So I thought I was so old, you know, I thought I was so grown up and I had never had a burrito. And so we were talking about like, um, the opposite kind of thing. It's like, oh, you don't, I guess this is what Steve's saying. Like you don't realize how little you know until you look back on it. 
Mm. That's so funny, the burrito thing. I don't think I ate sushi until I was 18. Yeah. And now it's like in canteens for I think children a part of at it, schools. I think a part of it was like, I don't remember anywhere where you could get a burrito when I was a kid. No. Like there was no takeaway Mexican where no. we are. Not, not like a chain kind of thing like there is now. The, the cuisine has evolved. And you, I remember- You used to not be able to get pizza in Australia more or less in the like 60s. Oh, 60s. I yeah. was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> of course you could. Um, but I remember when I found out there was rice on a burrito. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Because like, to me, I thought it was like some type. I thought it was like a kebab, mm. and I'm like, it's full of rice. I remember talking to friends and mm. being like, it's rubbish. It's filler. Yeah, so we're having carbs on carbs here. <laughs> I had a breakfast burrito on my way home this morning. I just dropped my girlfriend off at the airport. Where from? Gyg. Yeah. Gyg. They have this great um, breakfast burrito. It has a hash brown in it. Mm. It's amazing. Sautéed vegetables. Yeah, they have Scrambled like um, a mushroom one now because I'm a vegetarian mm. and it's really good. Previously, their vegetarian option is not very good. And I know this is very detailed and probably useful to no one. Who? who does G- this, y- is, this is like only useful to vegetarians in Australia, <laughs> which I don't know if we have one listener who that applies to. If we do, get in touch. We'll send you something. Um, this, this, I'm just curious to know this. As a vegetarian, which fast food outlet caters the best? Which has the best vegetarian food? Mm. I don't know who has the best. The most options are grilled. It's a burger joint uh, that yeah, I don't yeah. think the UK would have. Um, yeah, they have a lot of different options. The best of that is the Impossible Burger, which would be available in the UK, which is like a patty that, I don't know. The re- I, I, it's, it's been five it's years. The fake meat, the Rebel, Rebel Whopper that Hungry Jack's yeah, That's had. different. But oh, okay. It's Sorry. a different brand. That's not bad either. There's so many options now. It's um, not hard to do. Whereas, like, if you were in the 60s or 70s, what would you eat? Mm. Vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you feel like you're old enough to help a truck driver reverse in? Oh, that's a, a good space? one. Did you make that up? No, that was in the show. Oh, okay. I wasn't listening, obviously. <laughs> not. I was like, that's a good marker <laughs> of, like, a coming of age. Jumping out at me like, hang on, mate. And then Steve says, I'm not old enough to, to go up to a, you know, a bartender or a publican and go, pint of, pint of beer, thanks, chief. Yeah, chief. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone's old enough to do that. Uh, I was at a child's birthday party on the weekend, like my niece, right? And so it was my first birthday party I've been to where I had a child the same age as the kids. So, like, the kids are running around and then the parents are sitting around. And I still, like, I didn't feel like I was old enough to be there, even though I'm well and truly old enough to be there. (laughs) I have a kid. I'm in my 30s. But I still felt like um, that someone was going to come and tell me, like, oh, no, this is, you need to sit at the kids' table. Yeah. (laughs) This is the adult's area. Go play in the sand pit, Zach. Yeah. Um, Break four. uh, they're They're trying to chase up Carl. But then talk about I'll, – I'll, I'll sort of summarise here because um, they really just make the whole show about trying to get Carl and giving away his phone number, all that stuff. Talk more about Oliver the Human Z and the guy that uh, that l- uh, fell in love with him because he because uh, Oliver tried to hump one of the carers, whatever. Um, Carl's changed his voice message. The highlight voice, of the show. Yes. Uh, and we lead up to that with some classic radio technical faults. Okay, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, who don't we don't? Yeah. Anderson, Richard Anderson, I should just say, has, uh, has, uh, got in touch. Okay. Here we go. Hold on. Oh, Claire. No, 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 I can do it. Just tell All me right. Anderson. Shambles. Right, do you want me to go on a radio rant here? Because this is my thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking while we were listening to a dial tone, which is mm -hmm. excellent entertainment. So I said at the start, bad technical radio, great entertainment. And this is where I think radio has killed itself. Why is this good and why is this entertaining? Because we don't know what's going to happen. It's live. Mm. Things are changing. You know, that's what podcasting can't do. That's what the radio show, when it's planned well, can't do. Like, because you don't have any room for something to happen. You just have, like, every break is filled. You have the story you're going to tell, where you're going to get out. You might even have the callers already lined up. So this feels spontaneous. It feels like we're live in the moment. We're listening to things changing. And that's what I think is missing from entertainment now. Don't you think? Mm. It was like you're listening and you're like, okay, we're going to go to a song. And when you're driving around, you feel like you're actually listening to someone in a room where something is developing. Definitely. Well it's, said, Zach. And they haven't planned it out. And so it is technically bad radio, but I also think it's so refreshing to hear. And if radio was more like this more often, it might not be in the situation it is now. I've always said the the times that I lean in the most if I'm listening in the car is when something goes wrong. Yeah, and it's also like, are they going to get Carl? Yeah. You, there's well, a reason to keep listening. There is tension in this moment there's because tension. we've been promised something and they keep delaying the gratification of it. Yeah. But it sounds to me like you are suggesting that we do this podcast live uh, over the internet where people can interact yeah, sure. and we can take callers. Yeah, we well, do that. <laughs> I don't know how it would work with the we, time e difference. Every episode could be us trying to get Carl. <laughs> well, we've got his number now, don't we? How many digits Just, did they read out? Yeah. Does he still have the same phone? Did, I assume they didn't get to all the digits. No, no, no definitely not. How many did they get, though? Did, did you listen to this show? Have, have we... No, no, they purposely, though, I think they purposely were a bit ambiguous. Like, they just kept adding. They gave enough out and then he called. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, so... What's the phone number? Like 10 digits? Uh, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. But if it was like 9 out of 10, it'd be they, pretty they easy. They didn't get that far. I it'd think they got pretty five easy to guess the last out. one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which you then have to go 9 times yeah. or 10 times 10 no, times no, 10. We're not doing that. Uh, so here's Carl's message. The thicket at the end of my garden. Shall I go and prod it to see if it's Carl? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not in today, but not well on that. Um, no more rockbusters. I think that's what's affected me. It's got me down a bit. <laughs> so but, joking, um, yeah. The doctor said I'll, I'll be uh, back swinging on my tyre in no time. So, so he was listening. He's clearly listening. He so he has, was listening because we said about swinging on the tyre. At any time. Right, Carl. And then they go on and leave an extended Amazing. message. Amazing. Amazing. Very funny from Even Carl. Genuinely annoyed. Ricky seems <laughs> about the swing on the tire thing. <laughs> even at home, sick, he comes in and saves the show. I even think the performance there was great. Yeah, where like obviously he's. I'm not saying that he's not sick. I'm not saying he's banging that on. But the way that he talks about swinging on his tire, it's yeah. just perfectly the perfect amount of energy. The perfect. He doesn't nod to the fact of what he's doing too heavily. Do you get what I mean? So he's telling a joke. 
that's going to annoy Ricky, but he delivers it in a way that is believable enough. The master. Let's take a quick break. I've just got a phone call I need to address and we'll come back to wrap up the show. <laughs> okay. And we're back. Uh, break eight of series two, episode 29 uh, is where we hear there's a thing in Men in Black 2 that looks like Steve. More just retelling stories that Carl told. And I don't want to offend Steve, but I knew what Carl was talking about. <laughs> Like as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, <laughs> like I know the reference you're making and I haven't seen that movie in 15 years. It's a very offensive <laughs> comparison. Well, you don't want to be compared to an alien in any situation, do you? They're rarely attractive from a human point of view. Uh, yeah, you never hear, you don't often hear the phrase, that is a sexy alien. Not often. Name a sexy alien. <laughs> but you can't do it. Um... Alien? Can anyone? <laughs> predator? Is Predator The one alien? from Species? Isn't that I, a sexy I alien? I probably haven't seen enough alien content. I feel like in Fifth Element, is there not an element of like um, oh, yeah. an attractive alien? There's a alien? singer, there's the, the blue alien lady. She's quite attractive. I think there's an idea that they're attractive. Isn't that a part of the story? I haven't seen that in 20 years either. Uh, answers on a postcard. What is the sexiest alien? I'm I'm sure that's a genre, right? I'm sure that's in in sci-fi. People who are into sci-fi, I'm sure sexy aliens is like kind of a fantasy thing. Alien porn videos. Yep. There, there is a <laughs> tab on Pornhub.com. X videos, videos tagged alien, alien, alien porn video. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, there's definitely it's a, a thing. subgenre. <laughs> uh, in break nine, Ricky and Steve attempt to embody Carl. Uh, I do like Ricky's uh, impression of someone from the north. Did I tell thee about me Auntie Flora, who shot herself for three hours once? Did I tell you? Oh, e, I don't. Uh, oh, there was a woman born Carl, once. Oh, you have to phone us. We've Call. got nothing. <laughs> oh, God, he's so annoying. Little twat. Beard. He's so annoying. But please call because we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. It's so annoying, but please call and save the show. So we'll jump ahead to um, break 10. Steve has a crush on the Scottish Widows lady. I'm going to, um, I've got the ad for Scottish Widows. Sorry, for people in the UK who are fully aware of the Scottish Widows. What service or product do you think the Scottish Widows provide? A community for widows. Like, a friendship thing. Oh, it's like a social group. Yeah, yeah. They can connect you with other widows so that uh, you have a community that you can do stuff with. Okay. Here's an ad for Scottish Widows in 2003. I'm assuming the one that Steve is talking about because um, the woman in this ad is very attractive. Zach's just coming around to watch. Even in the most turbulent times, someone in a cloak Scottish widows has stood walking firm. up a beach. Hottie. That person's a lot younger than I'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> Experience. They're walking up a lighthouse? Hang on. Yeah, listen to this guy. It's customers year after year after year. Scottish widows for life, pensions, and investments. That is an extremely confusing ad. It looks like that 
she's going to some meeting of the occults <laughs> she or looks, some type of underground like stone cutters or Freemasons. Like the, or, the secret society and hot fuzz. Yes, that that's exactly to, what it looks yeah, like. She, and it would have been a similar time. Uh, yeah, around about. Yeah, a couple of years different. But um, yeah, she's very young and attractive. But it's a like it's a pension investment fund. I was imagining an older lady, because he Me even too. says like your you know your husband's been dead for twenty years or something, doesn't he? Oh, when yeah. he's kind of doing a bit of a riff on it. Yeah. This person is probably mid thirties. I reckon probably the original mascot for Scottish Widows was probably older. Oh, this is a that they sexed it up for the two thousands. I don't even understand why is she in a cloak. Why is she like? I guess the lighthouse she's is like morning. we're giving you. We're, we're showing you where to go. Mm. We're giving you guidance. So the lighthouse works, and then there's a, it's in a storm, so you're in turbulent times. Mm. But the cloak. Um, I, think you're, I think you're right. I think she's dabbling in witchcraft. She's, right. uh, she's invested in a Ouija board. She's used some is of Is that her, what the investment is? Yeah, <laughs> to contact her, her dead uh, husband. Um, so then they wrap up the show by uh, giving out more of Carl's phone number, talking about the A-team. And Ian Campfield's, Campfield's love for the show. And then they finally get Carl on the phone and he says something which will come back to haunt him for the rest of the run of the show. Got that sort of, that shaky thing to get. Yeah, that's because you didn't eat last time when Suzanne was at work. Yeah, well, I think that's what brought it on. Plus, she was away in the week and I put some wet jeans on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think that's what's caused the problem. Well, when did you put them on your head? <laughs> yeah, it's it, like the parts with Carl are just that's it's a great episode because it builds and then it delivers too. Like I was thinking when they get him on, I was like, oh well, this is this going to be an anticlimax? But he gets so many laughs in just a few minutes. Yeah, he does amazing. Um, Got sick because he put wet jeans on, which is well delivered and also kind of relatable. We've all kind of put slightly wet jeans on before, haven't we? Or am I revealing that I'm more like Carl than I'd like <laughs> definitely to? Definitely have. Definitely wet underwear. And, and, that, and that you're that like, oh, this will dry on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My body heat will be the dryer. <laughs> um, so this whole show, they, they, they threaten to give away Carl's home phone number, which mm. is a big – it's doxing. It's radio doxing. Yeah. Giving out someone's personal information. But you have found, Zach, a bit of action on your TikTok recently – there is a um, fairly well-known ABC uh, radio presenter who presents a garden program who willingly gives out her home phone number. Yeah, I put this on my Instagram recently and I'm happy to share it here because I know that literally no one listening follows me. <laughs> and there might be two people that have reached out over the time and they're like, I'm from Carly Pilk Boys. But um, no, I found her in 2019, we we're doing a radio show and we found in Toowoomba, which is a regional centre of Australia, they have a gardening segment on the news. So they have sport weather gardening and so i was talking about that and someone said she also does a talkback segment this is penny mckinley reporting for seven news she does an abc talkback segment where on the abc you're not allowed to give out brands it's the bbc and so what she'll do in she'll tell people i'm not allowed to say what it is but you can call me at home okay we've got a 25 second clip this is actual real radio and you'll hear his hack in the middle of this as well phone me at home i'm there 24 7 and i can give you the names of the chemicals she then proceeded <laughs> to give out her actual home phone number and told listeners that they can call at any time of day with their gardening questions okay any time good any time will suit right. Just okay. let me get home. Can you imagine getting a call at 2am like, hey, I'm worried about my fiddly fig. Go on, go 
Colin, what's wrong with I don't know. It just hasn't been acting itself lately. I didn't include it there, but it's just like five, four, six, two, nine, seven. Like she gives out just her phone number. Isn't that incredible? It's so it's adorable. It's really sweet and I know lovely. It's a, a nice way to live. So Toowoomba, not far away from here. Have you? You're a gardening man. Have you yeah. ever called up and asked about bees or peach trees to her gardening show? Call or her just home. generally. Just call oh, her. Call home. her and say hello. I haven't. I'm a little. I actually a journalist contacted me because they were doing a story on her, and um, I don't think it ever came out. But um, they said they had it was, it, t- it was too hot for the presses. <laughs> I don't know what happened to her. We're gonna bury this story. They said um, they've reached out to her, and she was a little um, she was a little put off by not put off, but like she said for the first day she was hiding from the fame. And then now the journalist said to her, but if it gets more people into gardening, aren't you excited? And she said, yes, yes, that's a good point. So I was I was wanting to go up there and visit her and record some stuff with her, but I was like, oh, I I'd, I'd thought she'd be really – I don't – like, you, you I don't, don't want to like uh, make give, her camera shy, but I don't think she will be because I've seen a lot of stuff of her where she's definitely not camera shy mm. on the news. She's very vigorously talking about different plants. But so some like last week I was saying how I want to reach out and try to get Carl yes, on actually, this show, but I don't necessarily – I'm not sure if I want to attract tr- more attention to what this little cult that we have – like her, she she's happy just giving it out to the people who are listening, but she doesn't necessarily want it to become widely known. Well, I think I was afraid of. Um, I don't want her to think that I'm making fun of her because that's not what I'm doing. I mm. genuinely think it's amazing, mm. uh, and I think it's one of the great things that happens in regional centers where you get these characters, mm. which you don't get in big cities because it kind of all gets like it's kind of what we're talking about with this show. It's like when you have media, when it's on a high stakes. You get some big week coming in and being like, this is how we do it. It's yeah. tight. It's bright. Uh, you can't have any new ideas. You can't kind of be these eccentric characters. But in regional centres, you do get that. Mm. And that's what we love. Special. That's it for Series 2, Episode 29. Uh, get in touch with us, carlypookboyspod at gmail.com. I think we're looking for a new content director. If you'd like to be our boss, sign up. It's like 40 bucks. You get a copy of the print. There's only five in existence currently, and you would get the third one. Um, Zach, on TikTok, Instagram, get around it, and we'll uh, see you next week. See ya. The auntie Flora, who shot herself for three hours once. <laughs>